Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Brett Rosenthal coming at you on YouTube and on Blog Talk Radio with the ARMA Report, which stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. Thanks for being here with me. Uh, another day in Shangri-La. This is a show about stock market investing. We use algorithms to help us execute and tell us when to add risk and take risk off. It's a live trading desk. Everything I share with you is information I'm using to manage my own assets and that of other investors I work with. There's screens all around me. I might have to hop off if the phone's ringing and I have to take a call. This is, like I said, a live desk. So I'm coming at you in the midst of the action to share with you my thoughts, to help you understand how this market behaves. This is the millennial stock market. After 2008, things changed. We have to change with them. Central banks are the only reason why markets go up and down now, not economic cycles or what politicians are doing. So I'm going to get into that a little bit. I'm going to talk about what our algorithms say on the big indexes whether or not anything's changed or if things have gotten better, wink, wink. And then I'm going to do another deep dive into the cannabis investing theme. This is my favorite place to put capital right now. You all know this. I call it the armor report. You know, I'm thinking of changing that to the cannabis report. I mean, it seems like every day I get on here and talk about cannabis, but you know, the reasons are obvious. I, if you go look at our, playlist on YouTube, you'll see I've got a playlist for you about cannabis. And at the very beginning, I walked you through why this is the very beginning of an investing super cycle that could last three to five to 10 years plus. And there's going to be an obscene amount of money made if we invest correctly, if we manage our risk. I'm not telling you how to invest, right? Here's the safe harbor agreement, right? I'm not telling you how to invest. I don't know who you are. I couldn't possibly give you a recommendation. Okay? Hopefully, we're all grown-ups here. There's a loss. There, there's a risk of loss in your portfolio when you buy anything in the stock market. You could lose part or all of your money. I don't care what the name is. So you have to understand risk and manage risk correctly. What I'm doing is trying to share with you my experience and by you being here for me, it really helps me execute correctly. Forgive me, I do sound stuffy. I've been under the weather. Um, <clears throat> so forgive me for that. Okay. Without further ado, let's get to um, the discussion of the algorithms. So we have, for those of you who are new, <clears throat> algorithms designed for the volatility of the top five market indexes that we follow, the S&P, the Dow, the NASDAQ 100, small cap index, and the uh, IBD 50. And so goes, however goes those indexes, goes the whole market. So we add risk when our algorithms are telling us it's time to do that because the reward's big enough for the risk we're taking. We subtract risk uh, when we hit targets and when... Um, the, the reward from here is not worth the risk. On the 25th of March, we went full-on risk. If you look at our algorithmic research on our website, rosenthalcapital.com, I have a 
stalking the bear post. Those of you who've been following me since last year know that we protected our capital October, November, December, and I've been right. I was writing stalking the bear post, helping you understand why we were so negative, why we were holding so much cash. That's how we beat every single market index last year for our model portfolios that we have at Interactive Brokers. But I wrote, and I, I wrote the last sign-off piece, I guess, for the stock in the bear. For now, I said we are no longer stalking the bear. Go look at the date. It was in March. And the primary reason is that the Federal Reserve of this country is no longer raising rates and, in fact, has gone the other way and is adding liquidity again, talking very dovish, not going to touch rates for the rest of this year. There's talk that they might stop rolling the bonds off the balance sheet. I mean, as aggressive as they can get. going to have to call you back, okay? It's great. Talk to you later. So, uh, when the central bank, geez, when the central bank is adding liquidity in this country and is not hawkish, when the central bank of Europe and the central bank of Japan are all adding liquidity, the market goes up. I just, we all had holiday weekends, right? Passover for me, maybe Easter for you. We all get together with family. Everybody knows what I do. So they ask me questions around the dinner table. Everybody is telling me or asking me, right? Aren't we late in the cycle? Isn't the economic cycle, aren't we late in that cycle? So doesn't that mean stocks will go down? And I have to remind them that, first of all, that, that never really helped anybody manage money worrying about economic cycles. But um, it might have been more valid pre-2008. Post-2008, economic cycles mean nothing when it comes to whether or not the market goes up or down. The market goes up if the Fed is adding liquidity, if the ECB is adding liquidity, if the Japanese central bank is adding liquidity. If, if those central banks are dovish, the market goes up. I don't care about the political climate. I don't care about the Mueller report. I don't care about whether or not you hate Trump. These have nothing to do with why the market goes up. They all have stuff to do with getting you off the bus. A lot of great reasons for you to get off the bus as the market goes up, miss the ride. But it has no bearing on whether or not stocks go up. What puts stocks up is central bank largesse, and we're getting it right now. Our algorithms tell us risk on in the middle of March. So just boom, all in, right? That's what we do. That's how we run our money. We know where our stop losses are. We protect capital if we're wrong. Algorithms, specifically ours, are statistical-based. So even if they're right seven out of 10 times, that means they could be wrong three times, right? So we still have to protect capital, admit when we're wrong, raise cash. You know, sometimes you're going to get popped in the face. That happens. Step aside, wait for your next opportunity. But in this case, the risk on signal was genuine. It was beautiful. And we're blowing out in here. And so obviously we're making a lot of money on our desk. 
Nothing's changed about that. I was concerned for about a week because the small cap index is my canary in the coal mine. It has the least amount of institutional support. So when the rally fades, it fades first in small caps. Boom, small caps, rest of the indexes keep going up, and then bam, the rest of the indexes follow. That's what happened last year. We talked about it in September. We said there's a problem with the market. We said, watch out, small caps are getting crushed. And we were absolutely right October, November, December. So this time around, we say, hey, risk on. Small caps are leading to the upside. For a week here, they ran up to the 200-day and then failed, came back to the 50. So I might have come on the air last week and said, I don't know, this is concerning me, but it's still risk on for now. What's happening today is absolutely beautiful. Small caps are rocketing off of the 50-day moving average. And are they through the 200-day at this point? Take a look. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're ripping through the 200-day moving average as well. And it's a gap-and-go day. These are like days where no one's on the bus and everyone's scrambling and shorts are getting squeezed. The market gaps up and takes off. <laughs> they're the best. Those are the type of days you have when you're in a risk-on uptrend, which our algorithms told us was happening over a month ago. This is algorithmic investing 101. It's why we use them. It, they help us manage risk and also manage the noise. Over a month ago, all this noise, the market couldn't get here or there, economic cycles, Trump, Mueller, all this baloney. The algorithms see right through that. And they say, that means nothing. This is the right statistical opportunity where reward is worth the risk we're taking. And boy, is that the truth. We're getting paid. So depending on the type of investor you are, a certain portion of the portfolio for me and for our investors is just straight out market risk. We, we use ETFs of indexes. We use ETFs that have twice the performance of indexes. So we get growth stock type returns without single stock risk. That's how I like to run a lot of my money. And then, when I, whoops, so excited, I'm knocking over the mic. And then when I find an investment theme where the rewards are enormous for the risk I'm taking, then I start allocating funds to those, to those themes and then whiteboard stocks in those themes. So this day is awesome. Market's blowing out. <clears throat> and confirms the risk on uptrend. Now we're, you know, we'll see how the market's behaving here, but assuming that they take out and close at new closing highs, they're going to go take out the highs of last year. Shorts will get squeezed, the market will pop, and then we'll see. We'll, we'll get close to targets. So while everybody else is, is, is chasing the market in here, we're looking for exits. Right? When it hits targets, we're going to feed it out. We're not buying a share in here. Now is not the time to go buy the market. Now is the time to enjoy the ride because algorithms told us over a month ago was the time to put capital to work. So now we're just enjoying the ride. This is just a fun day. Okay. So that's where we are with the indexes. And of course, when you've got a risk on situation and indexes are going up like this, the, the, the best investment themes tend to lead 
and, and you can get some real aggressive moves in a short period of time. And so, of course, last week we saw leadership in the cannabis space because of the uh, canopy for acreage announcement. Now, I talked about this on the last call last week, so I'm not going to go over it again, but I'm going to share some new thoughts. Please visit my cannabis playlist on YouTube for uh, more in-depth analysis about the deal, which I talked about last week. Uh, some thoughts about this canopy deal. And then I just got off the conference call of earnings for Harvest, H-A-R-V. And I'm going to share some thoughts there. So Canopy's taken over acreage. Now, acreage has something like 89 licenses for let me let's take a step back, make sure we understand the cannabis opportunity and how it breaks down. On the, so if we have like a family tree of cannabis investment ideas, the top you have, you know, cannabis, then you'd start drawing, right? And the number one thing in the middle are Canadian cannabis companies. Okay? And then off to one side are U.S. Well, I guess it depends on how you want to do this. But let's say Canadian companies. And off of Canadian companies will be growers, uh, 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 dispensaries, fully integrated companies, uh, extraction companies. So there's many different ways to play what's going on in Canada. In the U.S., you have multi-state operators are a major piece to this puzzle. They, they cultivate, they package, and they sell all in the states that approve it multi-state operators. Then, of course, you have branding opportunities and and other opportunities. But we're going to focus on the multi-state operators, MSOs. There's a handful of names. I've gone over them before, but our favorite names, not necessarily in any particular order, is TrueLeaf, CureLeaf, Acreage, um, Cresco Labs, Green Thumb, and Harvest. I'll go over that Harvest call in a minute. Uh, Canopy, just to wrap up some Canopy thoughts, I spoke about it last week, but I think this is really important. Uh, I read an interview from the lead lawyer that was involved in this deal. So Canopy made this awesome deal. People agree that it's a good deal. Canopy stock's going up. Acreage stock has not gone up yet. If you look at the deal, the value of acreage stock is somewhere around $27 a share right now. The stock is still trading at 22. Okay. You could say on the one hand, it's because the deal is not complete. There's still regulatory approval. People don't, you know, usually you trade at a discount to the deal price until everything is signed and that'll take a couple of months, but the discount's too big right now. Why is it that big of a discount? I think it's confusion. And I read an interview from the lawyer who was the lead lawyer on this deal. This is the most confusing deal she's ever worked on. And probably one of the most, um, intricate deals that we've seen in any business in decades. Um, So I think that a lot of big investors are doing their research right now, getting their lawyers to look at the deal, to understand every aspect of it. Um, What was important, what I read, what I thought was really important 
or comment. It just flew out of my head. Oh, yeah. This is the most important. Maybe I talked about this in the last call, but I, I think it bears repeating because it's going to dovetail with harvest. Canopy is, is, is basically giving acreage a $1.5 billion war chest of canopy stock, basically, to go make acquisitions that are accretive, which means they're going to be rolling up other MSOs. They could be private. They could be public. This is why the public MSOs that we own were going up in price the last couple of days. People are starting to realize which ones are takeover targets, I think. The other very important thing that I think people a little bit off, off um, their game as they try to understand this deal is that they assume there's a lot of regulatory risk. But what the lawyer, who was the lead lawyer on this deal, said, one, it took them eight months to put this deal together. This was not a deal that happened overnight. And every step of the way, the regulatory bodies in Canada and the U.S. were a part of the process. This is not being sprung on them. So you can infer from that that there's already really an understanding and appreciation and an agreement that this is okay. And now it just has to go through the paperwork process. Let's go to Harvest real quick. There's a huge earnings announcement. Their guidance going forward is enormous. They're looking to do $900 billion to $1 billion of revenue in the end of 2020. Harvest, just so you know, they've made a bunch of acquisitions over the last 12 months. They have, let me just tell you, They expect to have 120 stores open by 2020. They have 142 retail licenses in their company. That's the biggest amount of licenses held by one company. They have over a half of a billion dollars worth of capital to continue making accretive acquisitions. So what are we hearing here? Two companies now, Acreage through Canopy and Harvest, have war chest of capital, and their plan is to acquire MSOs. Do I have to say anything else about our investment opportunity, or should we just move on? Do you get it? Some of these acquisitions will be private, you say to me. I can't be involved in that. You're right. But here's the funny thing about how Wall Street works. Every time there's an acquisition and the price is higher and higher for valuation, the stocks that are public go higher in valuation. That's how it works. So what Canopy just did was put a valuation on an MSO in this country. It's $3.5 billion. Some people <coughs> excuse me, think that was small. Should have been a lot larger. That's the first public deal. I think you'll see roll-ups to occur at values higher than 3.5. I think they're going to be accretive deals. I think this is all based on medical marijuana mostly. And over the next couple of years, we're going to see more and more recreational use. So all of these numbers get bigger. 
but we have two big players now with war chest of capital buying up licenses. There's your investment thesis. It was a pretty interesting conference call. And then we also have other smaller names that are building brands and growing almost like wineries, you know, except for they're growing weed and extracting and doing some very interesting things with products. So how do you know which one of those stocks to buy? I'm not going to name names, but I will suggest that if you're looking to buy these smaller stocks that are growing and packaging products, you want a guy that's connected to a war chest of capital because this is just a, you know, a branding opportunity. You need cash for that. So it could be the greatest little company in the world. If they don't have cash, no one's going to hear about them. And you want the highest margin players. You don't want to buy growers that are growing, you know, stuff you see on the street. You, you want to find growers who are growing high margin products, high end products, products where there's barriers to entry. People can't compete as easily. That's where you want to focus your time. So I'll wrap up today and just say, one, the stock market continues to roll along and the risk on buy signal that we got over a month ago is paying dividends. Two, the cannabis business just got a lot more interesting after last week's announcement. Whatever time horizon that you had and I had about how long it would take for value to be recognized in this country because of laws that had to be changed, just got accelerated. Whatever it was, I mean, was it cut in half? I don't know. I, I personally kind of went to bed at night thinking, I don't know, maybe two to three years before all the laws change. Hopefully I get lucky and it's six months, but who knows, right? So maybe two or three years. Okay, so after that deal, and, the, and if you listen to the Harvest Conference call, you know they're making, looking to make acquisitions and they have war chest capital. I think I have to accelerate that. I think value is going to be recognized maybe in one, one, two, one to two years instead of two to three. I don't know. Timing is always difficult when it comes to investing. So what we have to do is put risk on when we're getting the right breakouts. We got a beautiful risk on buy signal in, in, in a canopy last week. And that was before the announcement. So we were buying this thing in the 41 to 42 range. Go back and look at our feed, our playlist. I did a, there's a title. Is it time to buy a canopy? The answer, of course, was yes, if you were on the call and you listened to it. And now the stock is trading at 48 a week later, up from 41 and change. So the leader's breaking out. Another watershed event has occurred in this space that's creating a recognition of value faster than we thought. Markets breaking out. That's the time to have on most of your risk. There are times to have on risk and there are times to protect. Now's the time to have on risk. We'll watch it like a hawk. Okay? But now we've got a cushion because we use algorithms that put us into the market early enough to enjoy this. Now we've got a cushion. We might give back some of these gains. We definitely will give back some gains by the time we get out. But our principle will be intact and we'll live to fight another day. If this rally fades and, you know, for whatever reasons implodes, okay, fine. We're not going to risk principle. 
That's how algorithms work. Now we get to enjoy the ride and see how much we can make instead of chasing the market and wringing our hands. Oh, gee, what do we do now? When everybody else is buying the breakout, we're looking to feed it out, right? I always tell you this. Buy the weakness, sell the strength. We bought some weakness. Now we're in the position to sell some strength. All right, guys. I hope you're having as much fun this last month or two as I am. I look forward to talking to you again this week. Be safe out there. Always remember that you're looking to put positions on when the probabilities are in your favor and when reward is worth the risk you're taking. Have a good night.